Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I have a singer-songwriter. Uh, he's an indie rocker. He uh, he has a new song uh, called uh, a new single uh, called "For Your Love" that's out streaming everywhere. Uh, he plays in the band Cabin Essence, uh, and uh, I'm here to talk to him about his artistry and why he does everything he does. So, Nick Moss, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ben. You're very welcome. How's, your, how's it going so far? Great today? day, beautiful day, mm -hmm. warm, relatively. I haven't been outside yet. Can't complain. Very so, nice. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I drank a lot last night. I, I counted this morning. I had 10 beers. I don't drink that heavily, like, yeah. ever. Yeah. And... <laughs> I had like plans earlier today, like with a friend, like at like nine, and Watched I woke. Him. Yeah, I woke up. And was like, that's just that's not happening. I'm so sorry, dude. Um, but well, I'm glad you didn't cancel this. Oh, I couldn't. I mean, I I slept for a couple more hours after that, and I feel feel much more myself now. But it isn't the PM, so you have no excuses. Exactly. Now. Yeah. Otherwise, like I would have really fucked up last night. But um, I digress. Yeah. Been a solid day so far. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen you uh, since Cactus Club. Cactus Club. Yeah, over the summer, right? I was trying. I was thinking about that earlier. It was either or May spring, or something. Yeah. Either spring or I was actually thinking back to December, you know, but it wouldn't have been that late. No, because I hadn't even been writing for oh, Breaking Entering back okay. then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're probably there in Aprilish, maybe. April, May, sure, spring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it all kind of blends together to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When there's no benchmark or when there's no bookmark around those times. Exactly. And we played there a few times around the beginning of the, the year and mid-year. Mm -hmm. and I, I think that was maybe the last time we've been there. Sure. Yeah. I don't think we've been there since then. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what we talk about, Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. <laughs> and uh, we actually met a while back uh, when you worked at the Starbucks in Metro Market. Yes. Um, yeah, that's once upon a time. That's where I met Ben Slowey. That is where we met, and um, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't. Let's just say that I don't uh, give that place my money anymore. Yeah. Because of what they did to me. No. Yeah. I, I, I don't even like. It's 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 just so funny. Like what happened there. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's it's it's. it's too much to even get into, but yes, yeah. I, I, uh, I, we uh, met through that, and uh, I knew you had good music taste because, like, I would always, we were Facebook friends, and I would always see like you, like the, you know, you were talking about the records that you picked up, you were talking about the shows you were going to. I remember a lot of shows, particularly like you went to see Wilco, like yeah. back in like summer of twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. At the Riverside. Yeah. Were you there too? I wasn't, but I remember I was like jealous. You wanted to go. I want. I did want to yeah. go because, yeah. I mean, they're I, always playing. Yeah, they're always around. I'm actually surprised they're not here on the tour they're doing right now. Because yeah. I know they're doing, they're promoting the new album, and um, I mean they did Nashville and maybe some obviously some in Chicago. I don't know if it was recent though. Yeah. But 
Yeah. Usually they try to swing up to Milwaukee and mm -hmm. grace our stages. Yeah, totally. But uh, yeah, I've seen Wilco many times. Yes. First time I saw him was 2009 or 2010. And that was up in Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, solid. Um, I was, I honestly could say I maybe only knew a few songs sure. at that time. Yeah. And I still don't know all of their material that well. I just know bits and pieces. And obviously, I know Yankee Hotel Foxtrot pretty well. Yeah. The kind of the pet sounds of their yeah. discography. Oh, it's but, like my, it's like their best. Oh, it's record. great. Yeah. And um, they've got a lot of great material on, on all their records. And, from what I know. Yeah. Someday I will delve in and fully immerse myself in all the all the albums. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, myself, I haven't actually listened to them in a while, but my cousins were really, really into them. Um, used to see them a bunch. And yeah. then, like, I didn't get into them until, like, my freshman year of college. And then I'm like, oh, these guys are fucking awesome. And, like, yeah. they're from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from the suburbs. And then, uh, you know, I, yeah, just started getting more and more into them. I, I haven't like been super into like their recent stuff as much, but, you know, I, uh, I do really like a lot of songs off of their self-titled, um, mm -hmm. the one with the camel on yeah. it. That was taken in Milwaukee. I didn't know that. Uh, it's right by Pfizer Farm. Oh, nice. Uh, what's the? I can't remember the restaurant. That's uh, in that photo, but. It's taken downtown. Oh shit! And the back cover of that album is them like sitting in front of it too. Oh, so it's taken in Milwaukee. Oh damn! I didn't know that. Uh, awesome. oh, I can't remember. The, it's uh, I can't remember the name of the place off the top of my head, but check it out. Sure. It's right downtown. Every time I drive by it, I kind of forget it's there, and I you know I'm looking over. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. It'd be yeah. like it'd be like living in London and. <laughs> approaching Abbey Road. Yeah, exactly. And you know going like, oh Abbey Road. That's right. right. Or um, anywhere where you see that sort of historical well, significance for an album cover. In the case of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, when you go oh, back yeah. in the parking garages yep. downtown, yeah. Yeah, anytime I'm walking in Chicago, I still have to take a photo of it. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Mm -hmm. Try to position it just right. It's necessary. But yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so I, like, actually didn't know that Cabin Essence was you mm -hmm. until... Like, I actually, like, looked into the band, and, like, because I was going to a bunch of Cactus Club shows this past year, and, like, um, I had heard of Cabin Essence, but I didn't realize it was your project until, like, I, like, RSVP'd to, like, this show, and I'm like, oh, it's shit, it's... Kind of posted in it or Yeah, I was, like, I was like, oh, it's Nick. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, yeah. uh, I came, came in, and, uh... Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, what you have going on. You were very, very graciously gave me a copy of your single. I was hoping I did. It's in my room right now. Good, good. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to talk about you know just everything that's going on in your project. So mm -hmm. to start, I'd like to hear a little bit about your own musical background. Yeah. And when music became a creative outlet for yourself growing up. Uh, well, <clears throat> music itself, my parents were always playing it not playing it really, just listening to music, mm -hmm. uh, like Neil Young, whatever, yeah. the Beatles, Bob right. Dylan, um, a lot of Beatles stuff, yeah. obviously. Somehow I found the case with all the CDs and mm -hmm. then that either my brother or my dad had. Yeah. And that was the, that was your Spotify. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, 
And you know, I think I found like, the Beatles album Revolver and Rubber Soul and the Blue compilation album with the later stuff and maybe the red one too. But um, <clears throat> that's how I started listening to that music a lot. Um, and then playing it was maybe, I was like five or six when I started with piano. Mm -hmm. It was all by ear. I didn't yes. learn any notes. Wow. The teacher I had, he, uh, that was his method. And I think maybe later on he was supposed to teach notes, but uh, he moved out of, I'm from lacrosse originally, mm -hmm. and he moved out of lacrosse and I never learned notes on piano. Wow. I mean, I can kind of figure, I mean, I know it takes me a little while to figure out what note is which, yeah. but still when I play piano, I'm just playing it. Interesting. I'm just looking, I'm hearing. There's no, oh, that's a B flat. Yeah, yeah. Add whatever. You're just know. like, you know this key by what it sounds like yep. and the next one and whatnot. Yeah, I'm still, I'm not a, I'm not great on piano or keys. I just, I can play the chords and I can play what I write. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'd love to get better at piano at some point, but at, at this point I can still just do what I need for my recordings and that. Um, so yeah, piano when I was like five or six and after that, guitar when I was around 10 and that when I did start with notes and things mm -hmm. like that but there again if you put cheap music in front of me I'm not going to know anything. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's all chords, I mean I know chords. There's some chords I play that I definitely wouldn't be able to tell you the name of because mm -hmm. that's the way it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I took those over in drums. I sort of self-taught myself in middle school. I'm definitely not a great drummer but I can demo out my parts and then show them to a better drummer. Sure, yeah. And say, this is how I want it played, but in time. Mm -hmm. and yeah. More, and more solid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe a slightly better fill here, um, which is what I do with almost everything, but definitely on the new single. Totally. That was something where I did the drums on keys. It was software instruments, and then I did all the fills the way I wanted it, sent it to a drummer and said, all right, I want it pretty similar to this, but you can kind of do your better fills here, maybe keep this sort of fill here, and definitely play it in time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, <laughs> That's the important part, so. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. And um, singing was, who knows? Yeah. I just always sang. Nice. And uh, just always enjoyed music, and was grateful that you know, my parents sort of exposed me to good music right off the bat. You grew up in a rock household, it sounds like. Uh, not really. No? No. Well, the music was just kind of there, and. You know, my parents were not saying, all right, this is the music you should be listening to. There was none of that, really. Um, they just let me listen to whatever, and I sort of ran with it. Nice. And it's funny because a lot of parents would drag their kids to shows, like, yeah. you're going to see the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids don't care. Right, yeah. It was the other way around for me. Oh, sure. I'm like, hey, can we please go to the show? My parents were like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's funny. Yeah. Mostly it was my mom who would have to go. But um, <laughs> my dad was okay with it. He, he, he's come to, I think, enjoy going to some shows. But it was me dragging them. Yeah. It was funny because people around us would be like, oh, did your mom drag you or did your parents drag you? No, I dragged them. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. But they enjoyed the music. They just didn't really, they were not that into it. Sure. As I was. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I my parents don't go to shows. They did when they were like our age. Yeah. But, yeah. But you know they they haven't you know in my 
in my in like, lifetime. lifetime. <laughs> yeah, like at the most, like my parents are going to like operas and symphonies yeah. growing up, like when I was growing up. But yeah. but like yeah, like my dad loves the Who. Mm. That was like his favorite band, mm -hmm. and he kind of got me into them as a kid. I kind of similar to you explored music on my own accord. My sister kind of like started me out with yeah. a lot of stuff when I was like. 11 yeah, like that was kind of when I really started like exploring music, but yep. um, And like I started getting into like Zeppelin Nirvana, you know uh, uh, Beatles yeah. um, You know I like it kind of I kind of took it in increments, but yeah, like I feel like my dad has always had like he's very particular um, There's stuff that he either liked or he didn't like yeah so, and a lot of the stuff I really started liking, um, like? yeah, well, I would like a lot of the stuff, he would like a lot of the stuff I liked, yeah. but there's also a lot of stuff, I feel like I listened to a lot more than just what he would give me, yeah. and, uh, but he would never really, like, be going to shows, yeah. you know, like, I, I would never be dragging my parents to shows, like, especially not my mom, my mom yeah. just hates, like, <laughs> crowds, she doesn't like yeah. loud, like, loud and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. that definitely became a culture I had to immerse myself in. It's funny you mentioned a couple of things because uh, The Who was the one show I thought of where I dragged my mom to them yeah. and it was the Quadrophenia tour they did in 2012. Nice. Uh, we went to, from lacrosse to, um, to Minneapolis and that was a pretty cool show to see them do their whole album and that's the one show I always think of really yeah. dragging my mom to it, as well as uh, Noel Gallagher around the same month. Whoa. So it was like two shows within a very close time period, both in the Twin Cities, and I just remember those two shows being like, oh, sorry, mom. You know, yeah, yeah, staying yeah. out late. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think I, I think I maybe drove back home that night mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of make up for it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the other thing was, <clears throat> she, she also she saw she she. She always says how she um, went to go see Zeppelin, I think, in the 70s, and then um, Elton John, and maybe she's like, oh, I saw some other bands, but I can't remember who it is. Mm -hmm. And she was also like, yeah, I couldn't, don't really like crowds, didn't yeah. really like how loud it was. Mm -hmm. and, you know, while most people are like, I would do anything to see Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know, just the three living ones. Right. She saw all four. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, but same thing will happen with acts that are around today, you know? Right. And there was, uh, there was actually a band I saw recently at Shank Hall called Yipes. And they, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, they've yeah. been around. They, they formed in the 70s. They're from Milwaukee. <clears throat> okay. And they disbanded in 81, but then they reformed like, in 2013. Oh, okay. And uh, there was, it was, you know, as you can imagine, a much older crowd. Yeah. I was definitely like the youngest person by like 30 years. Oh, that's the story of my life. Yeah, right. Yeah, but then my, uh, actually my really good friend's mom was there and she was like yeah my mom was like a groupie for them in the 80s and her mom was there and like got me actually uh uh she got me backstage so i could interview them oh cool for breaking entering oh nice which was really awesome yeah um, that's pretty sweet it was and but it was like cool because it's like you know it's like i'm seeing them now and yeah. they're still having just as great of a time as yeah. they would have like 30 years 30 ago. 30 years ago, yeah. exactly. And yeah. like, that's the important part. Yeah, totally. And I um, think that's what a lot of those older bands sort of face is, are they really enjoying it? <laughs> are they forcing themselves? Are they yeah. all, you know, uh, 
I'm a big Oasis fan. I mentioned Noel Gallagher earlier. I, you know, there's always the talk of are they going to reunite? And Noel is kind of in a different planet. I think he's, just, I think he's away from everything Oasis related. Liam is very much like he's, he's always like I got my bags packed. Yeah. I'm, ready to, I'm ready to go. But he's also enjoying a pretty successful solo career. And uh, Noel's thing is, you know, we could go out and tour. I could, you know talk to Liam and say, yeah, let's do this for all this money in the world, but at the end of the day, we're going to be staying in separate hotels, on separate buses, on separate planes, mm -hmm. you know, like every other legacy band out there that hates themselves, but they yeah. do it for the money, and he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Wow. I respect that. Yeah. Why force yourself into doing something for money that you just really want to you, that you really feel yourself so detached from, yeah. you know? And the money, the amounts of money being thrown at them are probably larger and larger by the year. It's mm -hmm. been 10 years since they broke up, and... I mean, they're both doing all right. Liam just, he's doing an arena tour right now in the UK, which is big. Yeah. I mean, he won't be doing that here. He'll be doing the small right, clubs yeah, here, yeah, but yeah. he's still doing super well for himself. Big, how large scale, like, their sound was, yeah. you know? Le Noel had a ton of cabs for his, you know, marshals, I think, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would try to get it as loud as possible, and I think that's kind of silly, but, they, I mean, the rate at which they got popular in the 90s, I mean, I wasn't around, you weren't around, yeah. but from what I read and from what I see, they basically went from a nothing band in 1994 to on top of the world, mm -hmm. just like a year and a half later. That, yeah, that's fucking insane, man. And they played, I think the... At the time, it was the big, largest attended show in the UK, Nebworth Festival. Oh, okay. Like it was 250,000 people over the course of two days. Holy fuck. And they, That's... based on the amount of inquiries for tickets, you know, it was all over the phone back then. It was 90, 1996. I don't know if they were doing internet ticket sales, but based on the demand, they could have done it weeks on end, sold out. Yeah. They could have just kept on, it could have been a residency at Nebworth. <laughs> Pretty much. And just racked in all the money. What's your favorite Oasis song? Uh, oh, Waste of Song? I don't know, but usually usually Slideways up at the top. Um, mm -hmm. I think definitely Maybe is my favorite record. It usually is their mm -hmm. first. Um, there, are, there are a lot of really good ones and a lot of good ones that are kept under no one really... The deep cuts. Yeah, they're not... They're album tracks. Dude, are, She's Electric is a great... Yeah, She's Electric one of my, is great. That's probably my... like. That's one of my favorite Oasis songs. I think my total favorite is Morning Glory. That's a great one, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to listen to that song, like, I remember it was the summer after I graduated high school. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember I would just drive around in my mom's Ford Escape and just blast that song full volume. Yeah. Like, I would just be driving around, like, late at night and just have a fucking great-ass time. Just Because yeah. that song is just like... Oh, it's so raucous. Oh, yeah. Like, I... And I also used to, like... When I used to work out once upon a time, I used to love to listen to that song, like, yeah. running on the treadmill. It's just a song to be in motion to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some might say I really like a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, that, to me... That one in Acquiesce, which... I don't know if you know Acquiesce. It's an underrated song. And it's a B-side. Yeah. yeah. That was the great thing about Oasis, was <laughs> they put, like, almost... Their better songs is their B side. Yeah. The Master Plan was a B side. I don't know. I don't know what your extent of knowledge is with I, that. I I know like a you know a fair amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's the Master Plan being like probably one of their best songs up to that point, and a B side. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Slide Away is usually one of my favorites, and I would, 
Slideway, some might say, were really great. And nice. to, I've seen Liam do both in concert before, and it's just kind of special. To oh, yeah. Songs. Totally. I mean, special to hear any of them. But. So on that note, when did you start writing your own songs? Uh, I think it was probably middle school, seventh grade, maybe. And I was actually writing songs and demoing them. Mm -hmm. I kind of worked my way around GarageBand when I was maybe 10 or 11, I probably 11, because I learned guitar and I was trying to do all the multiple tracks. Mm -hmm. And that was all inspired by um, Paul McCartney had released an album in 2005 called Chaos and Creation in the Backyard, where it was all his, all him. Mm -hmm. And which he had done, he he's a multi instrumentalist and he does yeah. that quite a bit. But the whole album was mostly him, mostly just him drums, bass, keys, everything. Yeah. And <clears throat> watching the like bonus DVD to that, he lays out basically how he did all that. And there I was, like 10, 11 years old, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of somehow figured out GarageBand and multi tracking, and I just started with that, really. Wow. So I was. I think my first demos that were like that were of my own songs were around seventh grade. Sure. When was the first? Uh, so when did you start kind of performing? Um, sixth grade, seventh, sixth grade. Yeah. I think. I'd maybe prior to that done like a you know an acoustic guitar thing in front of like a classroom or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in front of a. Whatever. Right. This is your. It's a uh, like your show and tell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember there uh, middle school. There was like a broadcast they do every Friday that was put on together by a seventh grade group. Oh, that's funny. And they had me play yesterday, I think, by the Beatles. And nice. I want to say I was in sixth grade when I did that. And uh, I think the sixth grade was when I met my friend Matt Clark, who um, would later on write songs with me throughout high school. And we met at the end of sixth grade. We played at a talent show together, and that was kind of the start of performing yeah. together. Nice. And by seventh grade, we were got like a drummer and a bassist, and started playing shows regularly. Come come high school, it's crazy. Like yeah, we started pretty young. Cause like at that time, I was you know I was playing video games <laughs> like crazy. I was yeah. uh, doing everything I could to fit in. Yeah, you know. With, you know, with all these friends yeah. that I thought were so cool and I wanted to be in their friend group so bad. That's what I was doing yeah. in seventh grade. Yeah. Well, I think, I think a lot of people were. And the funny thing was with Matt and I, we kind of only cared about fitting in with each other. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's a beautiful thing, you know? Like, And uh, not nothing against the other band members, but it was really just like Matt and I like just hung out together all the time. And yeah. um, that was it, you know, and we didn't really care about... I mean, we had a friend group, and we were both kind of like, where are we in the scale of cool to yeah. weirdo? Right. Yeah. We definitely admit that we were definitely weirdos then, and still are now. <laughs> and right, uh, yeah. have quirks, and it's just it is what it is. And I'm I'm really happy we started doing music that early on. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're recording. I remember when we were having our first album, we started recording our first album together right after freshman year of high school. Basically that June, the week after school let out, we're like, all right, we're gonna do an album. We spent the whole summer like recording an album, and 
had it ready that fall, so it was fall of, you know, beginning of sophomore year, and we were getting ready to get the CDs ordered, um, and people at school were just like, why are you making C, why are you doing this? Like, it just, it made no sense to anybody. Like, why are you paying this money? Why are you getting a thousand CDs made? Yeah. I was like, well, because it's the cheapest, you know, mm -hmm. per unit it could be. Yeah. And, you know, it, it didn't matter because we played gigs that paid us a couple hundred bucks, few hundred bucks, whatever, that we could pay off the CDs, but then, you know, a few shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I, a lot of my best friends in high school were in bands, too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were playing, like, they were playing a lot of covers, obviously. Yeah, they were a lot of covers, You know, yeah. they were doing the, you know, the open mics, yeah. like, at, you know, the... You know, the, the bars or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, the pizza places yeah. downtown, like, they were, or the talent shows, you know, they were, they were playing the only bars that would, like, let, you know, 14, 15 year olds <laughs> play. That was our situation. Yeah. I we, mean, yeah. they would basically just let you play. It maybe wasn't legal, but right. somehow you got in. Yeah, they, they did, uh, by senior year, we were doing a couple house shows, yeah. but it's like, it's hard to get people in high school out at like a local band's show because yeah. like everyone's just trying to like you yeah. know find the nearest party and, yeah. and drink yeah like n not really like appreciate like someone playing their own music to you know have a great time because it's yeah. like this is what they want to do so yeah i mean yeah we had that same issue yeah <laughs> it was near impossible to get like people within our age group to come out to shows even if it was like an all-ages venue wouldn't happen right yeah. and we Matt and I specifically like didn't drink you know didn't really do anything besides hang out and talk about music and listen to music and freak out on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this uh, Neil Young in 1973 yeah you know, at mm -hmm. whatever did you see this Oasis video of uh, Glasgow in 2001 yeah right yeah pretty much <laughs> that's all we did and all we still do you you had such a uh, you had an a passion that uh, kind of like, sort of, you know, it, it blossomed at a young age, and that's yeah. that's really awesome, man. Like, yeah. I mean, there's, and you're still doing it. I mean, that I feel like that definitely is uh, indicative that this is what you want to do with the rest of your life. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I like some people have to find that. Some people wait till college to find that, and they don't that's realize fine. it. Yeah, and that is totally fine. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's sort of like you know, what a lot of people, sort of like the average person goes yep. through, but... Yep. They get a guitar maybe in high school or something. Yeah, yeah. But then you, like, you know, you were doing this... Somehow I had that drive to get a guitar, and, yeah. you know, it's time. And, but, you know, I also acknowledge the fact that a lot of people can't just get a guitar, can't just get a piano. Right, yeah. And I was very fortunate to have those things mm -hmm. available to me, you yeah, know? Exactly. Same, with, same with recording stuff, you know? I mean, it's all... All what you have, yeah, you know, and what you don't have, also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you. Uh, so I know that you came up with Cabin Essence after you originally wanted to name yourself Brief Candles, although there was already a Milwaukee band <laughs> that that name. Oh, not Milwaukee, I don't think. But they are a Milwaukee band, actually. They are. Called, yeah, Brief Candles. They're shoegaze. They are shoegaze. I didn't think they were from Milwaukee. Oh yeah, they're from here. I thought they're from Chicago or somewhere else. Yeah. Huh. They've been around since the like early two thousands. I know. I, uh, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> they took it. 
Because well, I really thought, I'm like, that's a really cool name, and yeah. no one's going to have taken that. Yeah, brief candles. <laughs> I forgot that I told you about that, too. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're play, they play as a, uh, they have a side project called Blue Unit okay. that also plays around on the scene. They play a lot more often in Blue Unit than they do brief candles. Gotcha. But they played with A Place to Bury Strangers this past summer at Cactus Club oh, as okay. Brief Candles. Gotcha. So they do play out here and there. Yeah. I haven't looked them up since I was trying to figure out a band name. Oh, I know. And I was probably just so disgusted that another band had <laughs> that I just didn't even care. I'm not going to see from. what... I, I don't. I think I just looked where they were playing. Oh, you know? sure, yeah. It was like, oh, it's kind of around here. So yeah, I definitely can't use that name. That's so funny. Actually, yeah. yeah. So, But you decided on Cabin Essence... Yeah, because I, I was going under my own name for a while, and I didn't really like that. Mm -hmm. I like to kind of hide under a moniker. Yeah. And but, you were kind of just playing around, like, were you playing around the scene, like, in high school? like? Um, well, in high school, I was still in the band. Um, we were called Neon, and I was with Matt, and um, so we were doing that through high school, and then through our freshman year of college, we did a little bit. Matt moved up to River Falls. Um, near Minneapolis, so it was kind of hard for us to do gigs. Yeah, right. And so it was the summer of 2014, we did our last show together, and then it was around that point that I started doing recordings on my own. Mm -hmm. And But before that, I just started doing shows, I think right after that, probably 2015, 2016, around here. And I think I picked the Cabin Essence name probably early 2016. Sure. Yeah, and then I know that you... Um yeah, you dropped your first solo record. Yeah. Uh, in 2016. 2016, and yeah. then um, you have this new single. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I guess uh, tell me about this new single. Uh, I guess like you know what um, I know it's an A side, B side. So what uh, are the songs about? Like I guess like what kind of direction did you want to take these songs in that was were kind of like you know maybe a departure from your previous work. Yeah, so For Your Love was basically, I started it when I got a new keyboard. I got this Yamaha CP Reface, whatever. It's basically a uh, kind of a Wurlitzer Rhodes-esque Yamaha keyboard mm -hmm. that I had read about online. I bought it. <clears throat> and I think the chords to the chorus or the intro, they were one of the first things I sort of wrote on it. It's just while I was figuring it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. New instruments, new surroundings, whatever will kind of prompt that yeah. or provoke it from you, I think. Yeah. I think I came up with the chorus right away, which I hate doing that. I hate coming up with a chorus because then you have to figure out a verse. Yeah. And it's, it's much easier to go from a verse to a chorus because when you get the chorus and you're like, okay, great, just write some more verses. Mm -hmm. If that's the kind of song, if you're doing a very typical structured pop song, whatever. And yeah, that one took me a little while to kind of get the arrangement down, and then, um, yeah, so I probably started that in 2017. 2018, I wrapped it up, picked a studio to record it at, Honeytone up in Nina, Wisconsin, sure. and found a drummer, who, which was kind of funny, I was struggling to get a drummer last minute. Um, my friend John Phillip, who was originally supposed to drum on that one, couldn't make it up here to do it. He lives in Nashville, and he couldn't make it up here to do it. So there was a brief point where I was like, oh no, do I have a drummer to do this yeah. song? I booked the time and everything. And um, the studio had reached out to a couple of people 
One of them was Spencer Tweedy. Oh wow, which was really funny nice. to me. I was like, that would have been really funny if Spencer Tweedy, Tweedy would have drummed on it. That would have been cool. Uh, he was unavailable, but um, anyway, my friend Tim ended up drumming, drumming on it. Fantastic work. He's a great drummer. Um, shout out to Tim. Shout out to Tim. Lives down in Kenosha. Huh? Check out his Instagram page. I'll I'll hook I'll hook you up with mm. it. It's really cool. Do it. Um, yeah, we just spent the weekend recording the single. It was done by Sunday night. Drove back, worked for the next day. Yeah, solid. <laughs> spent the work, you know, spent the weekend weekend up there and got it done. So that one I did up there. No more the B side. I had that song knocking around for a long time. I think 2014 was when I wrote it. Can't remember what either of them were about. I think for your love, I just a lot of songs. Admittedly, I just lines. Each line is maybe inspired by something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and somehow they come together. Yeah. And, I hope they mean things to different people. It's a lyrical different things to different people. Lyrical collage yeah. of sorts. That's what a lot of my songs are. Nice. Um, no more is an older one, 2014. Um, just kind of a rocker that we did yeah. at a lot of shows, and people were like, "Oh, that that one's really cool." Yeah, it's a nice old jangly tune. Yeah, I, I wanted the A side to be very different from the B side. Yeah. There's nothing more boring to me than <laughs> giving a B side that sounds like a throwaway song. Yeah. And to me, while it's kind of a little bit different than a lot of the stuff I've been doing lately, it's still a, just a kind of a good little power pop track, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, so. it's, a, it's a, I mean, it's a fun, it's a fun single. Yeah. Uh, Thank I, you. Yeah, for sure. I really, I really like For Your Love. Um, I don't know, I could, I could, I could feel myself like, I don't know, like on a, on a sunny, like, summertime walk or something, like by the lake. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like how I felt like where I'd love to listen to that song if oh, I was cool. doing something like that yeah so. that's definitely sort of the vision I have for it good good <laughs> <laughs> yeah man for sure but I love the, the world's their keyboard on it and the drums just always feel so good on that one for totally. me and everything about it I was really happy with the arrangement on it awesome the breakdown vocals yeah the bas and all the i hit my i think i hit my highest possible note on there nice <laughs> which i kind of made sure they masked a little bit because it was obnoxiously high yeah. in that section whatever you want to call it the breakdown the vocal instrumental part for sure yeah oh yeah awesome so what are you working on now um i'm trying to get some tracks together maybe for an album next year um, I have the ongoing notes section in my phone that says album tracks. Oh yeah, um, that's I live I'm, by that function too. <laughs> where I'm trying to scavenger everything I've done recently, and even songs that are maybe a third the way done mm -hmm. in my head. Yeah, I'm like oh, that's definitely a song. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it sort of forces myself to get it going, I guess. Yeah, where you just have fragments, kind of. I have a lot. I have more fragments than I do full songs, but. Mm -hmm. Take for example, like last weekend, I was working on a song for a friend of mine, doing some piano bits, and in between recordings, I just hit some notes. And I'm like, oh, I like those chords, and I thought, okay, I'll, when I'm done recording, you know, my friend's song, I'll go back to those. So I recorded them quick on my phone and went back the next day and song. Nice. And I demoed it, and I was like, wow. It's, I mean, it's such a great feeling because I'm a very slow songwriter. Sure, sure, yeah. I don't, I'm not writing a song every day. Mm -hmm. It's maybe at best once a month. You can't do like sessions. You have to just sort no, of... No, and, yeah. you know, it was funny because Matt and I, both writing songs, both very different songwriters, but 
we talk about that. <laughs> he texted me a couple weeks ago. He goes, I've been doing this thing lately where I go home for lunch, at, at, you know, during work. I go home for lunch and I make sure that I try to write something during that like hour, half hour, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll like force myself. Which I thought was really funny because I remember him telling me in high school, whatever, when we'd be trying to write songs, he goes, never, never force your songs out, you know, just because never force write songs because then you're going to get Be Here Now, which was the third Oasis album that everybody kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. says was, you know, overblown, or right, whatever. Yeah. Which is hilarious because now Matt will tell me, "Yeah, be here now." I think is my favorite Oasis album. <laughs> you also get the you also get the last Game of Thrones season too. Ah, uh, yes, that's that what too. I've heard. Yeah, I don't know enough about Game of Thrones, but I, that does sound about right. It was very rushed and it was for money. The funny thing is, after that show ended, you don't hear anything about it because it everyone's pissed off about how it ended and that like they're just very like kind of you know. You kind of feel cheated when something that you just love and care about so much becomes You're like invested in it. Yeah, where it just becomes like a frantic effort. Yeah. To move on to the Get next thing. Yeah. Well, the good thing about that was my girlfriend Steph was watching it too, and she you know watched the last episode, and she was so mad with it and how it ended. I was like, okay, I'm glad because now I don't have to watch it. Wow. I decided I didn't have to watch the series then. If the ending is that bad and everyone got so mad at it. Mm -hmm. I tried watching it, it just, I couldn't, it wasn't quite for me, I guess. Okay. The music is in progress. Very nice. I can promise my fans out there. All, yeah. All my fans <laughs> I am working on new songs. This won't be as long as Kevin Parker took. Oh, yeah. Damn, that's, what a reference there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, um... Yeah, man. Well, uh, it was great to talk to you about uh, about your music, about your influences, about uh, you know, young passion. That too. Yeah, man. So, Nick, tell me what keeps you up at night. Um, I will wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep because I'm thinking about things that I haven't done at work. Uh, that that'll get you. That'll nab you. It what do you do for work? Me. Uh, that's a good question. I am the, I'm basically an assistant to, uh, owners of a company. I help them on various projects. Ah, uh, sure. Um, they own some properties. I help them with various projects like that. Cool. And I manage an Airbnb, as I mentioned earlier. Very nice. A lot of fun stuff. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, what puts you to sleep, though? What puts me to sleep? Uh, my sound machine. The sound machine. Yep, that I've had since I was a baby. Ah, very nice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's I, as old as me, and it's still working, so. Nice. You know that, that lava lamp right there? Yes. I've had that since I was, like, three. I've, I've had it my whole life, too. Does so. that put you to sleep? No, because my, my room's over there. So I, it used to when I, when I was in my room growing up, but uh, now. That's pretty cool. You still have it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it still works. Still, put it to good use, right? Thanks for being on the show. You bet. It. Check out Cabin Essence. Check out the new single, For Your Love No More. And uh, keep an eye out for what Cabin Essence Nick has uh, in store. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.